0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Welcome to Matlana it's brought to you by WinView Games. I know a lot of you guys have played a lot of DFS and made wagers against the house. And sure, sometimes you win, but probably more than not, you end up losing. Well, I want to introduce you to a new app called WinView. It's truly the most winnable way to play. New users actually win 50% of the time. It's that easy to win cash. All you need to do is answer yes-no questions before the game and even during it to win. So, yes, they have live and pregame contests. You can play for free or real money against folks that you're smarter than. And you can play your first $100 risk-free, so there's no reason not to try it now. Use my link. It's winviewgames.com. That's winviewgames.com dot com slash Matt. Get there now. If you're an iOS user, that link will take you directly to the App Store. It's a no-brainer. winviewgames.com slash Matt for Winview. All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. I would be Matt or Matlana. I didn't give myself the nickname. I earned the nickname. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. All right. Uh, really happy to welcome our next guest who uh, is going to give us some insight on the NFL Combine that I'm sure you guys are going to digest and have digested hours and hours of content on. He's Mark Ross. He's uh, part of the NFL Network's coverage of the NFL Combine, former vice president of player evaluation with the Giants. Man's got two Super Bowl rings. He's been a scout around the NFL for over 20 years, and he's kind enough to join us. On Welcome to Matlanta. Mark, we appreciate the time. How are you? Great, great. My pleasure. Well, glad to have you. I want to ask you about the Falcons specifically in a moment who, as we sit here now, they're going to pick at number eight, but I want to start more broadly with the quarterbacks both at the Combine and just leading up to the draft. Tell me about the evaluation process and kind of put it into a pie of how much evaluators take into what they see in Indianapolis, pro days, as opposed to all the tape they have in college.
2: Yeah, my thing with quarterbacks has always been you better – when you go in the fall and you watch that quarterback play, you better feel good about him then. It, and that should be a guy that you're watching and saying he's the guy. You know, if you're trying to manufacture that off of the tape or make excuses off of the tape, then they're probably not the right guy. And if you're going to a pro day or the combine trying to convince yourself about what you see here or here at the combine from that player – that, that generally it is not a, a good look and the way that the pro days are scripted the throwing things that are scripted you know everybody looks good all these guys look good now it's really set up for them to thrive and succeed and uh, for me it always boils down to how do guys play and if you look at the great quarterbacks in the NFL now you know for the most part most of them were great players throughout their whole career not just college but high school you know that they've, they've had a, a history of success and being that guy so I, I, although this is important and, and teams do put stock into it, uh, I, I think there's a lot of misses just because you manufacture guys at this juncture.
1: Well, let's talk about that because we hear the term overdrafted. and sometimes quarterbacks are going to get overdrafted because of the need and the imports in the position. And this is where it kind of relates to the Falcons. If we assume the Falcons aren't going to take a quarterback at eight, is there a team behind them if we're just speculating? who might be so willing like a Washington, a Philadelphia, a few others that if you're Terry Fontenot with the Falcons, you try to play a game of poker with, you think any of these quarterbacks are that sought after that somebody might try to trade up for them?
2: Yeah, I don't. And this this quarterback class and it's been you've probably heard it over and over that like, it's just not that strong. And Kenny Pickett to me, it's the kind of the safest guy, but in a regular year, you might be talking about him maybe second or third round and now with the other guys, the names that you'll hear, you just certainly are skeptical in the first round, but especially not trading up to get one of these guys. I don't think you're doing your organization a service to, to do that uh, just because I don't see the value and the talent that this group has. So, But for the Falcons, you, you just never know. Once draft day hits and, and teams get desperate because you know, right now may, there's maybe ten teams that are going into the season say, so like, you know what, we feel great about our quarterback, and then the rest of the league is – is scrambling and saying, where do we get a guy and how do we get better and how do we compete with those top-tier guys? So there's always that desperation that you have to count on.
1: Is there one or two of these guys, regardless of where they're going to go, that you've evaluated from Corral to Pickett? To, you said safe with Pickett. I don't I don't get overly excited at safe, but Corral or, <laughs> yeah, or Malik exactly. Willis, like any of these guys who's got the highest ceiling for you?
2: Well, Malik Will- Willis has the most gifted talent. He's got the strongest arm. He's, got the, he's the best athlete. It's just, okay, when you watch him play, like there's a lot, a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of development. I kind of compare him to Trey Lance, where when Trey Lance got taken last year, everybody talked about the raw, raw skills. Well, he couldn't even get on the field this year. And if we saw how Jimmy G played. And, you know, there's developmental time that it takes. And you always just assume they'll develop and be great. But that's not the case. They could not develop at all. And just what you have is just still a prospect. So. But if you're just talking about those raw tools and Malik Willis is that guy, and as you said, yeah, I'm just Kenny Pickett is safe, but is that good enough? In the NFL, you need a guy, the quarterback, to make plays for you and win games for you and raise the level of the franchise to those heights. And you saw that with teams that were in the playoff last year and certainly the teams that were in the Super Bowl.
1: I know we're still a ways away from draft night, but I'm sure these evaluators – if they don't have a board put together, they have an idea of what it's going to look like. If the Falcons are to stay at number eight, you know they could go any number of ways because they got a million holes. But is there a, <laughs> is there a pass rusher? Is there a tackle? Is there a premium position that you think a corner that like jumps off the board at you that should be in that range?
2: Well, the offensive line is, in my view, the strongest position group, and I think you're going to have some multiple pro bowl player type guys in this draft who I've evaluated. And you could go about nine deep of offensive linemen that get drafted in the first round. But certainly there's some guys right there at the top who I think will be really good players. So with the Falcons, when I look at them, as you mentioned, there's a lot of holes, but if you're running it back again with Matt Ryan, and you got to do all you can to try to help him out and, We talked about being solid, and at this stage of career, I think you guys have seen the the Matt Ryan experience, and certainly now he's older. You have to do everything possible to make sure that he can function and he can win. So if I was looking at the the team and addressing it, you got to go on that side of the ball just to try to help him.
1: Would you think a Charles Cross is in that range, the Mississippi State tackle? Is that somebody that could plug and play maybe at the right side and then eventually hop over to the left?
2: Yeah, he's the most polished guy that I would just say when I watch all these guys, like, man, you watch him and he's just so smooth and athletic and efficient and productive at what he does that I I think any team that gets him right there would have a perennial Pro Bowl-type player.
1: Let me ask you about the other side of the ball. If they were to look at pass rusher, I've seen all the different mocks, and while I don't get too caught up in them because they're strictly guesses, of the group of Aiden Hutchinson, of Thibodeau, uh, David Ajabo, those kind of names. Do any of those guys jump off the board? Now, Thibodeau and, and Hutchinson could be gone, but Ajabo or a few other of these pass rushers, what do they do for you at eight?
2: Yeah, and that's the, the thing with pass rushers is that everyone assumes, okay, we have a, a need at pass rush. Let's just draft a guy and he's good. You know, it takes time for those guys to just go in and play, especially when they've got those roles. You're just not running by people in the NFL, tackles in the NFL when you're rushing a pass. But there's a lot of nuance and technique that goes into the development of these guys. It, it takes maybe a year or two for them to get it and um, you know you guys had Vic Beasley there uh, years ago who hey this guy can run he can do all that okay well there's a lot more to pass for, rushing passes than just that so this this edge group for me you know Hutchinson is a really good player you know what you're getting there and but from there there's a lot of question marks in my view about there's going to take these, these guys time to develop if they even get it and just not that certain guy. We're like, all right, the bosses of the world, the Miles Garrett. Like, this is a guy that's going to come in here and,
1: and be a star. Well, it's funny you mentioned Vic because that you know, that'll bring up a lot of bad memories for uh, for Falcon fans. Yeah, who, who sorry saw, about that. No, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> who saw one good year and then he just never developed, like you said, Mark. He just never developed moves and counters. David yep. Ajabo yep. Is, is kind of described as a raw talent, a little bit yep. undersized, and that sort of scares. I know Falcon fans who lived that life.
2: Yeah, it's, he's very similar in that and, and played less than Vic. At least Vic, you know, was at Clemson and had a couple of years of, of playing there, whereas Zajabo the was just co- completely out of, you know, just raw. And, and even when you watch Michigan play, there's stretches of the games where he's not even in there and rundowns where he's not in there. And can he f- get off the ball? Definitely. Is he explosive? For sure. But it's just all that other stuff that goes into it that, you don't know and you're just betting on he's going to do it well you just don't know that and as you said it's the feel it's the nuances the hand uses the technique it's the counters it's all that goes into rushing the passers as opposed to just getting off the ball and running by people
1: let me ask you about a couple of the corners i mean i would always not that i'm an nfl evaluator but i would always try to go you know closer to the line of scrimmage but if if they find the best player available is one of the corners whether it's Derek stingley or sauce Gardner, do you like one of those corners more than the other
2: I like Gardner just because of uh, the talent is there. You can can easily see the talent, the movement, the lengths, the ball skills, the run support. And so I think he's a guy that I think is the best corner in the draft. And Stingley's a little bit of a question mark and a little bit of a worry because you you hate going into the draft with those guys. uh, Well, when he was younger, he was great, and then he fell off. You know, those are the scary guys where – Yes, you can see the talent in him, but, okay, well, what happened what, when you're watching tape? Why does he not look like he did? Is it is it the mental? Is he disinterested? Is he, uh, you know, didn't get as much effort? So he he's a little bit of a wild card in that where, like, wow, what are we going to get here? And that's really this part of the, the combine where you have to really dig into what kind of person he is. And your scouts get all the information throughout the year about the player's work ethic and mental and all that and bring them into your facility to make sure you feel good about okay what we're what we're what we're getting
1: it's a new year which means it's time to try something new and i'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the daily draft in downtown woodstock i hope you'll go see my friend sean daly that's get it the daily draft this is the ultimate sports bar experience so as the football playoffs near and then baseball's around the corner Knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find a craft beer bar, self serve taps, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie sized screen with a front row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef inspired menu with soup, salads, sandwiches. Flatbreads, uh, you name it—they have everything to find. Everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night or a date night. The DailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights, like trivia night, kids eat free night, and more. The DailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love the Daily Draft, folks. I want to introduce you to a new partner here at Welcome to Mattland. It's my friend Holly Ramey from Mickey Travels. A travel planner is a great friend to have. And if you're like me, we got winter break coming up in a couple of weeks, and then spring break, and then a summer vacation. You could be planning that vacation of your dreams, but that's a stressful job. Finding the best deals, understanding all the new travel protocols, not easy. Well, getting in touch with Holly Ramey at Mickey Travels will make that process so much easier. Whether it's booking your next trip to Disney, checking out that all-new Disney Genie system, which is intimidating, or knowing the current protocols if you're traveling abroad. Whether it's a cruise vacation, a beach trip, the Caribbean or Disney, Holly will help you do it all. She's a certified travel planner working for you, making the vacation planning process stress-free and hassle-free. And speaking of free... This is a 100% free concierge vacation planning service. You don't pay Holly a thing and she plans the vacation of your dreams. Plus, Holly also knows where to find some of the best deals so you can end up saving money in the long run. My family's been working with her and she's done a great job for us. She can do it for you. I want you to log on to the website. You can check her out at MickeyTravels.com or directly get in touch with her at Holly, H O L L Y, at MickeyTravels.com. That's Holly at Mickey, M I C K E Y, travels.com. Free service. She'll have your back, making that vacation of your dreams possible today.
0: Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it, but that somebody doesn't have to be you.
1: At the Rose Group, we can get you up to ten insurance quotes in less than ten minutes. Visit us online today at rose-group.com. Let me pick your brain on some of the Georgia kids. Uh, I've seen opinions all over the map on Jordan Davis, and we'll start right there. We know the size just jumps off the page at you, but what you, is he a three-down guy? Did people get worried watching him against Alabama that he got a little gassed at times? What's the feeling on him?
2: Yeah, I think in the modern NFL, it's just hard for a player like Jordan Davis to succeed, and you guys saw Georgia game. But yeah, can he wreck shop in there, or, you know, man up in, in his area versus the run? Definitely, but okay, now it's a passing league, and you're on the field and you've got sustained drives and quick tempo and guys throwing all over, he's off the field. And it's just, what is the value for that with an NFL team? And I just don't know if his skill set and what he does really well fits into the modern NFL. And is there a place for him? Sure. But then it's the value of that place. Is it a first round If you want to invest in a one down, you know, it used to be a two down player, but now it's really a one down where teams are just throwing second down and throwing on first down and setting everything up and going tempo so that's going to be tough for him when i evaluate him to say what is his place and how much value do you put into what he does and that that's a struggle for me
1: is he one of those guys and i know we fall into these stupid terms around the draft that could drop a little just because of what you talk about the fit in today's nfl
2: yeah i think once teams dig into it and defensive coordinators D line coaches and they're trying to scheme and do all that and there's going to be talk of that and people who like him will try to sell he's a big guy with first down we you know it sets up we can't run on him but he could yeah because it's just teams will look at it in that kind of way of it's a passing league and you got to rush the passer and that's just not what he does.
1: Let me ask you about uh, Trayvon Walker, who's a kid that we've talked a lot about on the radio, and I brought him up on the podcast. Just, I I love the, I mean, the size, number one, 275, 280, can play the edge, can move inside, can run, might not be well-rounded, as you talked about with some of the pass rushers, but boy, if, if, again, if I'm the Falcons at eight or somebody in that range, he just, I think he's going to explode over the next couple of months.
2: Yeah, I think it just all depends on how he does in this workout process. You know, when I watch that Georgia defense, it's like the sum of their defense was kind of greater than the parts of it where I mean, just the scheming that they do and that's just the movement and guys playing so hard and technique sound it was really kind of amazing to watch those guys all together uh when you kind of break down the individuals i didn't think there was a superstar in there and um you know walker to me is a guy you really want he's going to help you win you know I, um maybe had that versatility it looks to me more like a 3-4 dn as opposed to just a true edge guy who's going to get off the ball and just you know, you have the game plan for, but a guy that's going to help you win because, I mean, he's just physical. And he plays so hard and uh, he's he's tough and strong. And those are sort of sort of guys that, uh, if you got a bunch of guys in there like that, you know, you'll, you'll cause problems.
1: Let me ask you about one more Georgia defender, Nakobe Dean, who, like the, the size question mark in NFL used to be interesting about the linebackers, and I feel like that's sort of changed maybe a little bit over the last couple of years. How do you see Dean, and and what kind of scheme fit do you like him in?
2: Yeah. Again, as we talk about the modern NFL and back when I first started scouting and especially with, with Tom Kaufman, just big guy, you want to pick those big linebackers to thump and all that. And if they don't take on it, you wrote them off. But now like the take on stuff isn't even that important. It's okay. Can you run, do you have a lot of range and can you run to the ball and, and cover in space? And those are kind of what's valued nowadays. And for the teams that like N'Kobe Dean, Dean, they'll discount the size, like, okay, great, but he can run and he's a, he's a leader. And, um, he's explosive. So those are the traits that teams like about him and why he fits into what teams do now. And the size won't be that much of a factor.
1: Let me ask you about the wide receiver group. Um, And we'll start with another Georgia player, George Pickens who got hurt, came back. Uh, We know the talent levels there. He talked about before the combine, how important it was to show people that he can run. That's been a question about his speed. What do you think, uh, think about Pickens and is, is the second round kind of a fair projection?
2: Yeah, that'll be again, you know, the, the injury and then uh, you know the injuries don't bother teams as much as depending on how their medical staff you know all teams have a medical staff and that's a huge part of the combine now is digging into these guys and and seeing what their injury history is and how significant these injuries they've had are and then with a guy like that even more so if you're interested in him you'll bring him into your building and just have your own doctors just check over him thoroughly just to make sure that you feel good about it so for him it's really this process now like when he can work out and when he can do things and how well he does in this post season portion of it because if you just go off the, the tape it wasn't there you know and so um that this will be even more important for him
1: what do you think about that other group though whether it's London or Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams like what do you think about Olave what the depth and who jumps yeah. off at you
2: yeah i like the group i, I don't think uh, I, I, you know james is just to me he's uh, you know, it's a shame he got hurt as well. Just the, he's just by far the most explosive electric player as far as the receivers, and probably in the draft itself. I mean, just what he can do and uh, how he can just just change the the dynamic of a defense. Just him running through it, and the explosive plays with the balls the ball in his hands. And you know, the ACL just again the medical situation will play a big part in that. How teams feel about him. But besides that, I like Drake London. Just a completely different player. Where. You know, just a big guy who catches everything and, and plays physical. And um, the, the other guys I think are good players. You like to have the Yal- Alaves and, and Garrett Wilson, good players, but not dynamic game changers. But um, so overall, I don't think this is as strong as some of the classes, wide receiver classes in years past, but you still have a, a group of good, really good players in there uh, with a guy. That I think like Williams can be a star.
1: If I took away the position of anybody in the draft and you had your board put together, who's the best player?
2: Yeah, I would say that's um, that's always a top going back and forth, but I would go with Gardner. I, I would go with the corner, you know, sauce, as we talked about earlier. Just when I look at, okay, who, who's the guy who can come in here and be a perennial pro bowler, and, and you see his skill set, and you see the talent, and you see the production, he's the guy I think is, is the best that so kind of checks all those boxes in there.
1: Mark, as we wrap up, let me uh, take it back to the Falcons. They're they're trying to figure out the future of Calvin Ridley right now, and we're in a different space now in the NFL and in sports where we're we're paying attention to mental health concerns more than we ever have before. And Calvin left the Falcons, you know, before the midpoint of the season, um, having to deal with some of those issues it's a I mean it's a kind of a spotty you know area here you got to be careful you want to make sure you take care of the player and tell people publicly that's what you care about the most but you still have to work in a salary cap and think about the future how do you handle that now and then front offices trying to kind of um you know weigh in on on the way we're handling mental health issues today
2: yeah this definitely is the new dynamic there that you you have to factor in and something that we really didn't do a lot of but now it's it, it all goes in there and um, you have to put the player first and you have to put the player first in the situation and make sure they're good. But again, it's a shame that is it is a business it's, it's and that's the bottom line and do as much as you can for that player. But then we have to run this organization and, and the, all the other factors that go in. So for him, I hope, number one, I, I hope he's good. I hope he's in a good place and I hope he is able to get back to, to being a player we know he can be.
1: Uh, Mark Ross, you can see him on the NFL Network, all a part of the uh, hours and hours of wonderful coverage of the NFL Combine. Also, uh, former VP of player uh, evaluations with the Giants, been around the league for a a very long time. Uh, Mark, we appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing some of the opinions. We'll talk to you down the road.
2: Sure thing. My pleasure.
1: It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the daily draft in downtown woodstock i hope you'll go see my friend sean daly that's get it the daily draft this is the ultimate sports bar experience so as the football playoffs near and then baseball's around the corner knock on wood and all the fun springtime things that will happen in atlanta you're going to want to enjoy it at the daily draft it's downtown woodstock on main street What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games, a chef-inspired menu with soup, salads, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it. They have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. TheDailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights, like trivia night, kids eat free night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft.
2: Hey, I'm Holly, a local business owner and busy mom of three. Look, I don't even remember the last time I took an uninterrupted shower. I definitely don't have time to shop for the best insurance rates. That's why I called the Rhodes Group. As an independent agency with relationships with multiple providers, they have the expertise I need to get the best coverage at the lowest rates. Check them out at roads groupcom That's R-H-O-A-D-S-Group.com.
1: Folks, I'm not a great sleeper. I never have been. I need everything to be just right to get the best night's sleep possible. One of the things that I need to be just right is my pillow. And guess what? it's right now. Thanks to MyPillow.com and I tried the MyPillow Premium. It's been a game changer for me. I went with the MyPillow Premium because I wanted the right neck support. I was tired of the old pillows going flat on me. And thanks to Mike Lindell who invented the MyPillow product, which took over two years to develop because he wanted to make sure everything was perfect with the pillow that we all were going to need for the best night's sleep. Well, that's just one of the great products that MyPillow.com has available to you guys. And I want you to go to MyPillow.com right now. You can look For yourself and see the perfect pillow for you. But now Mike's changing the game with his six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely exorbitant, yet still providing you the soft feel and the look you want in your towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths, typically retailing for $109.99. But for a limited time, you can get this set for the low price of just $39.99 with promo code MAT. Promo code M-A-T-T. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special to get this insanely low. Price of just $39.99. On the towel set, you'll find other deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter promo code MAT at MyPillow.com. So I know baseball fans were bummed out to hear the news that we all received earlier in the week that the uh, first week of the Major League Baseball season was canceled. Rob Manford, the commissioner, made that announcement after the labor issues could not be worked out. So now what happens? Well, that's where we turn to our next guest. He covers baseball for USA Today. longtime distinguished baseball writer Bob Nightingale. Kind enough to join us on welcome to Lana. Bob, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I, I'm like, I don't even know where to start here so let's go with this what do you think happens now with the labor negotiations I know they said they're going to reconvene in New York but what kind of timeline what kind of impetus to get something done at a, a rapid pace is on the table now
0: if it, if it wasn't on before it's going to get real ugly now I think uh, there's going to be games missed they got it done they got to negotiate okay do, do players get any uh, salary for the games missed so I think you know, I think if, if things went well, if we start playing games May first. I think I think it's going to take a while now.
3: Uh, I'm not looking necessarily to play the blame game, just to understand how we're here on you know March 2nd. Uh, I, every time I look at this timeline, this is almost something that the owners have. Uh, this is this is step six or seven or eight in the plan. That there was almost no other way it was going to turn out. Yeah, well, the
0: problem was, you know, I mean, the union made their proposal, you know, back, I don't know, mid-summer, May or so.
3: Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, uh, off the charts, and MLB didn't even consider it. So they didn't start negotiating in earnest until uh, November, uh, just a few sessions. And, you know, the side closed, and then when the MLB imposed a lockout, then they waited 43 days. Never should have done that. And then, you know, they only met six times in New York over, uh, you know, over six weeks. Then finally got to, you know, real negotiating, you know, in in Jupiter, Florida for eight straight days. Uh, You know, I I thought they were getting very close to get that thing done, you know, after 16 and a half hours on, uh, you know, Monday night. That went on Tuesday morning. But once they left the bargaining table and went to one of of the respective hotels, they came back. The whole, you know, tenor had changed. I think, you know, too many people got involved in stuff. And, uh, you know, now it's over. You know the luxury tax more than anything else that's really the only big thing sticking away and the problem is you know with, with big market teams and the small market teams and all that you know you have a uh, you know tough time getting the owners together you still need 23 of those 30 owners to approve if they you know raise that luxury tax higher than they want
1: bob nightingale covers baseball for usa today is with us on the hobson and hobson newsmaker line And I'm only going by what I've read on this, Bob. You'd have a much better sense. I've heard the biggest difference in this negotiation is it's not Tony Clark at the head of this. This is Bruce Meyer, who, I mean, is being described as a pit bull in this and is not going to take some of the deals that the players have taken over the last couple of negotiations. Is that fair? Well,
0: Bruce Meyer certainly had the influence. Yeah, tough negotiator. Uh, You know, he's an attorney. It kind of reminds you of uh, Don Fear back in the day. It's like, hey, let's get the best deal we possibly can and, uh, and, and go from there. So, yeah, he's been a bulldog in the things. And they, uh, so I think that's why there's been so much you know, acrimony and stuff like that. It was different with Michael Weiner. I, I think he was a, uh, you know, I'm not saying more on the owner's side type thing, but just you know, they could deal with him more. They thought it was much easier to negotiate with him than Bruce Meyer. And I think, you know, the union brought in Bruce Meyer just to uh, say, you know what, these last two had not gone well for us. The last one was a, a disaster for the players economically. So, you know, time time to bring in some new blood.
3: It is a tough prospect to look at an employee who has a contract and says, I'm here to work, and say, well, I'm not going to let you work the first week, and I'm also not going to pay you for that. Didn't the owners create a new topic of discussion with yesterday's cancellation of seven games and, and also including that you're not getting paid for those seven games?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, and the problem is, you know, going back in 94, 95, it's like, hey, they could lift the you – know, the owners have said, we'll lift a lockout right now if you promise not to strike. And the union says, well, we're not going to promise that. I mean, they tried that in 94. We all know what happened with the cancellation of the uh, 94 World Series and went all the way into a 95. So that's why, you know, if you have a lockout, you know, the owners have the leverage. Uh, no lockout. The players love it.
1: So let's just like guess here before we move on to some baseball stuff. So you said May first. Like if if you were a Bob Nightingale betting man, would you say we're playing games on May first or not?
0: Yeah, I do. And um, you know, not to be optimistic I and mean, hopefully you know a week or two beforehand. But I just think these next two weeks would get ugly, and then nothing's gonna nothing's gonna happen. And I think the real deadline will be. You know more missed checks. You're going to not get your check on opening day already. Uh, you know, probably not April 15th. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see if they get negotiated some that money back. April 15th is a big day because then you're talking about, you know, if uh, if more than 15 days misses, some guys won't have free agency free agency until a year later. It's really going to affect a lot of guys. No.
1: Yeah. Uh, so whenever this does end, we know we're going to have some sort of a very fast free agency period. Still several hundred free agents in, in Atlanta. Certainly all eyes are going to be on Freddie Freeman. I saw one report from Buster Olney. He said industry sources now would be more surprised if Freddie came back to Atlanta based on what he's hearing. What have you heard?
0: Well, remember now when the lockout happened December 1st, no one's allowed to talk. And I, you know, from my understanding, I've talked to a bunch of GMs and agents and they're fearful of that. So no one's talking. So I think people are speculating that we'll see, but it's not like, you know, it's not like Atlanta's been talking to uh, Freddie or his agent's talking to, uh, you know, teams. No, nobody knows. So we're still back to where it was. You know, what it's what's going to come down to is that a, uh, you know, either, or is Atlanta going to come to six years or not? You know, right now they're at five years, about 135, gave $5 million more than St. Louis gave uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, you know, the difference is Freddie's a, a free agent. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt had just got to St. Louis. So certainly wasn't an iconic figure like like Freddie is. The one thing too in Freddie's favor, I think, is that if the Universal DH comes into play, you know, and I'm you know positive it will be, I would think that that would help him. It's like you know, Lincoln said, okay, you may not be the same guy six years from now, but you don't have to play at first base, so you can be a DH. So you know, the, the Dodgers are the kind of the X factor. Lives in Orange County. Uh, you know, I don't see him going to the Yankees. I don't see the Yankees spend that kind of money either. Because uh, you know they're not even involved. You know, trying to get a shortstop, they want to re-sign uh, Aaron Judge to an extension. But the, the Dodgers are the X-factor.
1: Well, so let me ask you about that then, Bob. Because if you're the Braves, I assume that they'll get a call. You know, hey, here's the deal we've been offered. Will you match it? Is this one of these things where Alex is going to just wait it out and see if anybody's going to go to a six-year and then try to match it?
0: Yeah, I think that's very possible. You know, I know the uh, you know going back a little bit now with the Yankees and Derek Jeter. You know, Jeter hit the free agent market. You know, asked for a big uh, price tag, and uh, you know, Yankee said no. Said, "Hey, go out in the market. If I uh, if you get something we're, uh, that we don't expect, you know, then we'll get back to you." And I think the same thing could happen with with Freddie Freeman. If someone offers six years, then they'll say, "Okay, do we want to go six years or not?" Uh, you know, I think the money wise, you know, about you know, a little over thirty million dollars a year is about right. You know, he's been, but he's been offered five at one thirty five rejected it, and, uh, you know, it, it, I think originally he won six years at, you know, 180, 180-plus. 180 uh, you know, they're making plenty of money. He's won the World Series, and, you know, he's probably worth at least, you would think, about $5 million a year just on PR alone.
1: Bob, do you have any guess on the way the free agent market could look? In other words, because it's going to be such a compressed time, Correa is going to get his money and a few others, but it, it feels like a lot of other guys are just going to have to take short-term deals and maybe do it again next year.
0: Oh, I agree, I, and I know, I'm not convinced at all. Correa gets his money. I, I think Freddie does. Uh, you know, at least you know, Land come out, with their uh, you know, Liberty Media and stuff like that, and said, hey, ticket sales are you know, off the charts. Uh, then you got teams like Boston Red Sox who'll tell you, we're down 30 percent in uh, ticket sales. So I think it's going to be a, a, a market for buyers' market where teams will just sit back and say, hey, you're a free agent, you want this offer. If you don't take it, your your buddy will. So I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an absolute nightmare, especially with particular games canceled for these free
1: agents. Finishing up with Bob Nightingale from USA Today with Chuck and Chernoff on the Hobson and Hobson newsmaker line. Let's go back around to where we started. And I know this is one of these dumb questions, but I'm curious. Rob Manford, like I don't know if he cares about a legacy or not, but Sitting up there yesterday, I mean, everybody just looks at it as puppet for the owners. He didn't come off well. The dumb golf swing that he was doing yesterday, smiling at the presser. Like, how much of, of his legacy does he care about?
0: Oh, a lot. You know, I mean, every commission wants to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's been a nightmare for him. It's a nightmare for his legacy. But, you know, going back to what we talked about, he does have to get 23 of the 30 votes. I think the team that that hurt more than anything else is the Dodgers. Uh, you know, the Dodgers had a uh, you know $285 million payroll last year. That was about a $150 million more than any team in the division. Two teams and negotiating committee are from the NL West. They don't want the Dodgers to run away. And now, of course, you know which affects Atlanta, is the uh, state calling the Mets. It's like if you're an NL East team, you don't want a real high uh, luxury tax because you don't want Cohen to just blow away everybody in uh, New York and sign a bunch of free agents. So, yeah, so you get to 23 or 30 teams, and, you know, the small market, mid-market teams are not going to be of uh, giving a uh, high electric tax threshold.
3: You know, the owners fired Eckert and fired Faye Vincent, and every so often they would remind the commissioner who's in charge. But as far as publicly, Bowie Coon, Uberoth, all of them was like, hey, I represent the game, I'm neutral. Where did we abandon that? I guess when we had an owner as commissioner for a couple of decades, was it long enough that people forgot the commissioner is supposed to be just kind of in the middle of the owners and the players?
0: Well, they paid the paycheck, you know, and they. Uh, you know, I don't know, Manford makes $15, $18 million a year, but he answers the owners. He doesn't answer the players, and um, it's been that way. So, you know, and let's, you know, let's be honest. If the owners had all said, hey, this is a good deal, you know, let, let's play baseball we'll accept a deal that the uh, union's given us. You know, Rob Manfred would have said, okay, let's do it. You know, he has to get a deal that the owners will approve. I um, it's a tough position. I've never seen a commissioner this aided. Uh You know, even the golf swing got taken from a yeah. guy, at associate press, you know, from a long range. But, you know, I was talking to Max Scherzer yesterday afternoon after press cameras. He said, oh, thank God there wasn't any cameras inside uh, our room. Because I was practicing my golf swing, too. So, <laughs> so it was just, you know, one of those things that it, it looks bad. But, yeah, I mean, he's under a, a lot of pressure. Uh, the one thing he does uh, is make a lot of money for the owners. That's why his job, you know, his job really is, a, is not in any jeopardy.
1: Bob, it's uh, always a pleasure catching up. I hope, like you do, that you have some baseball to cover sooner rather than later. Thanks for the time.
0: All right, my pleasure. Thank you, guys.
1: Thanks, everybody, so much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Thanks to our producer, Matt Lear, for his assistance with the program. He's the glue that keeps the operation running. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Atlanta. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats, hit streets, see gangsters roaming and parties don't stop till 8 in the morning. Welcome
3: to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats,
0: hit streets, see gangsters roaming Uh and parties. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com/mac. First Horizon Bank Member FDIC. So Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position.
1: I don't understand.